As we uh, just transition a little bit from our singing and our uh, enjoying uh, so much about um, uh, the expression of our faith through music, I also want to recalibrate just a little bit and look at how the expression of our love for Jesus finds traction on so many fronts. And uh, one of the significant ones that you've been hearing about is the work that um, uh, the, um, uh, the, the, the team of people that we have on the front here uh, who um, uh, comprise of our, our friend uh, Kremi Dimitrova. And Andriana, um, I know you shared with me your last, your surname. Dimola. Dimola, okay. And of course, uh, Sean and Rich, who went to spend uh, uh, part of the summer with uh, these guys uh, in, in uh, Bulgaria. And there's a lot embedded in your experiences that we want to bring out and kind of cast the vision for the work that's going on there. So Sean, I'm going to have you come up. And why don't you just uh, begin to share uh, the story of your journey. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's good to see you this morning. Um, as Pastor said, Kremi uh, Dimitrova and Andriana Demova, they're here from uh, Bulgaria this morning. And uh, they work for the Christian organization called Crew. Uh, some of you may be familiar that the former name was Campus Crusade for Christ. And uh, Chuck Colson was very uh, instrumental and um, keeping that organization running and being part of that, that leadership for years. Um, since since Kremi was, was here in August of 2015, and since uh, she's, that was three years ago, and uh, since that time, I know Sherry and I took the opportunity to support them at that, to support Kremi at that time, and I think there's a few others in, here in church that, that uh, do that as well. And one of their reasons for being here is to garner support through prayer, um, financially, from either individuals or through the church body uh, as a whole. Because working for Crew, at the beginning, they are supported uh, for their uh, livelihood through Crew. But over a five or six year period, Crew reduces that amount because Crew expects them to go out and make connections with other Christians to uh, help support them by living in faith and not, not having to be tied to a secular job. <clears throat> So they will be up here in a minute, but before they come up, Rich and I were going to share a couple things of our trip this summer to Bulgaria. Um, I think it was last November or December that Kremi said, hey, Sean, why don't you come over and work with us? We have a new thing that we're going to be doing in Bulgaria that we've done next door in Macedonia. And Macedonia is actually the home country of Andriana. And so they said it's been really, really uh, successful here, and we want to try it in Bulgaria to have the first... Uh, speak out Bulgaria. So uh, when I was thinking of people in my mind of who to ask, young Rich Capel of our church, um, he was the person that I thought of. I asked him, um, praying that his wife would give him blessing. And as he was telling her what he wanted to do, she said, go, I want you to go. So it was really neat that, um, you know, it's like the Lord laid that path and that plan out ahead of time. Um, So, while, when we went, we took part in Speak Out Bulgaria. And is there a photo we have for the screen? In this first photo, which will be a little hard, I think, normally for the, for the choir to see, but what you see here is some of the apartment buildings that are in the capital city of Sofia. Sofia is the capital city. And when you're there, 
Of course, I'm 50, and I know that I'm younger than a couple of you, but uh, being raised in the 70s and the 80s, I was very aware of the competition between Americanism and capitalism and the Soviet Union and communism. And uh, reading up and, and trying to pay attention as much as I could as a youngster, uh, realizing that there's always something bad in, in the, or, or evil in the world competing against something maybe that gives us freedom. And uh, when I was there, I noticed um, that almost about 90% of the citizens in Sofia live in these concrete uh, apartment buildings. And they're very uh, cold-looking, very gray. Uh, of course, the people inside of them aren't. But um, it made me think consistently of that domination and fear that the Soviet Union would put on its neighbors and those that were part of, uh, or that Russia did, through the Soviet Union. But uh, the neat thing was, the, the Christians that are my age and older, the generation ahead of Kremi and Andriana, was the freedom that they experienced when the wall came down in Germany and communism fell and Christians began to flood these, these smaller nations and Russia with the gospel. And many of them that Rich and I spoke to, their testimony was, I got saved while I was in college at university because somebody took the time to share Christ with me. And I was raised in a, in a, in a, in a time that was ath you know, through atheism where we're taught that there is no God, but somebody shared with me that there, is a, that there is a God and that that God wants to have relationship with me through Jesus Christ. And so it's very important that, of course, we do that here in our local community, but we also support those that want to do that in their own land. Um, the second photo is a photo of the young people that I was in contact, my, my team, quote unquote, throughout the week for Speak Out. And what Speak Out does, Speak Out is a, um, a camp, so to speak, that Crew sets up <clears throat> as a ministry to bring up the, the, the Bulgarian children as students they take English just like a math course or a science course. English is part of their regular curriculum. And so crew came up with the idea to have American tutors come over, spend the week with them at this camp, uh, play game. We're on the Black Sea uh, at this time, um, play games, uh, go to the pool, go to the beach, spend time with them at meals in conversation and in other breakout groups apart from seminars and help them with their English. Many of them spoke very well. Um, almost all of the young people uh, spoke, spoke well enough you could understand, but we're also creating relationship with them. And through the week as we created relationship with them, we took the opportunity to share our testimony with them and let them know that there are people out there that have a relationship with God who many times they see God as, you know, the man upstairs, or they don't believe in him at all because the atheism has continued. And they get to interact with people who talk about Jesus, who tell them that Jesus has made a different difference in their lives, which is part of our testimony, and then go through some steps to show them that they, could, they should keep seeking. The interesting thing is about Christianity... Um, most, of the, most people are witness to 20 to 30 times in their lifetime before they make a decision for Christ. And 80% of people who come to Christ 
do that between the ages of 14 and 21. So this is a um, key and core group that we should be pouring ourselves into there again, not only, across the, not only around the world, but also here in our community. And the, um, of, of the, there's, you see more than, than uh, six people up there. I think there's seven or eight. But in the picture um, was a young man named Mit, Mitko. He's 23. Uh, Maria, she's 18. Martin is 17. Boriana is 16. And Nadia is 13. And I had a, an age, I had a group that had a pretty wide age range for that time period. And um, Mitko believes that there's a power but really wasn't too interested. And the young lady Maria, she pretty much lives for herself and thinks that the world revolves around her. Um, Martin was a straight out atheist, would tell you up front and tell you he had no interest. And I had a couple discussions with him that were um, a little bit tense and somewhat difficult, but it's cool that the Lord interacts and interjects in our lives, in our communication, and he speaks to who he wants to speak to. And um, it was neat to watch Martin's attitude and his, I guess you could say the word aura, throughout the week. In that, at the beginning, he was very reserved. Anytime he had free time, he was spending it in his room. But by the end of the week, he was coming to me with questions. They weren't necessarily questions about God or Christ. But he was formulating the question. He was coming to me. He was interacting with uh, the other groups and the other people there. Um, so it was just sort of neat that in uh, eight, nine days to watch the change that's going on in his life, and we pray that it will continue. Uh, Boriana is another young lady that she has another thought of God as just being this power, but you really don't know him. And she, she hit me with questions about like sexism and racism and hate. And I took the opportunity through a long conversation to share with her about Jesus with the woman at the well that Jesus went against the social norms and against what, what man's laws are at that time, that you know, a single man wasn't supposed to approach or, or talk to a single woman in a public setting, and that Jesus walked down to her, went to the well, asked her, first of all, for a drink of earthly water that we use, and my mouth is really dry right now, and I could use a drink. <laughs> But he offered her what we all have in possession, those of us that are Christians. He offered her living water that um, we all, you know, all of us that come here week, week after week and, and support our church body, that we have that, that he's given to us. And then last was Nadia, and she's 13. Her parents are on staff full time. Um, she has a Christian testimony. I was able to encourage her and have prayer with her and just say, you know, I was your age once. And I wish at your age, I knew about God and, and about Jesus, and I wish I would have made that commitment at that time to be that person in, in, in a group that, you know, the crowd wants to go one way, and, and, you know, you know in your head, you know what, that's really something that I shouldn't do, I should go the other. And that sometimes if we're that person that steps out and goes the other way, there's others in the group that want to do that, but don't have the strength to lead. And uh, I prayed for her for leadership. And then the next slide... Uh, we had Bulgarian-American Culture Night. Uh, we just spent time sort of in a jovial way, sort of laughing at the differences of, of each other. And of course, Americans, it's easy to take shots at us, so I think they laughed more at us than we did at them. 
But it was neat to see some of the differences of the two cultures, but then some of the things that are the same. And of course, being a Christian, I've traveled to Honduras and Mexico, to Thailand, and now to Bulgaria. And when you meet other Christians, it's, it's no different than you know, meeting that friend that you haven't seen for 10 or 20 years. God's there. God, it, it's his presence. It's his path that he's making for us ahead of time. Um, felt very welcomed. And it was just neat to interact and worship with uh, fellow Christians from Bulgaria. And then the last photo is one of, and it's a little tough to see there, the yellow, that's uh, the sunflower fields. And they have sunflower fields the way we have cornfields over here. And they also have lavender fields. And Bulgaria is the largest producer of rose oil. They produce 80% of the rose oil for the world that... that, uh, is used for different things, just a couple little facts. But it's neat, the, the sweetness and the beauty that we know that comes from flowers. Um, there's a heart for that in Bulgaria amongst our Christian brothers and sisters. And uh, just a beautiful connection that we have with them. We support them through prayer. We support them financially through social media and uh, trips back and forth across the ocean. So now kremi has been here twice. We've been there once. So now we owe you another trip. So... Uh, just thank you for your time. And uh, Brother Rich, you want to come up and share for a moment? Good morning. Good to see you all. Uh, Sean said all of it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I just want to get right to work on some things about the gospel that we learned about over there. Uh, just, and first of all, give these to Cremiana and um, Adriana. Uh, Cremiana. Uh, Kremi and Adriana, uh, some honor in what they do because they're sharing the gospel, I would say, and not to offend anybody, probably more than we are as a church, just within the two of them. They do a wonderful job. They're going out, they're, they're risking, uh, regardless if, any, if they should catch any flat coming their way. Uh, they're out there, um, they've got their boots on the ground, they're eye to eye with people, they're, they passionately believe that this is true and the central message, the gospel is everything. And they're out there expanding it and expounding it. And so for them to receive any kind of support from any, any of you that God might be putting on your hearts, uh, he's definitely worked in my wife's and my heart uh, to, to, to support them. Uh, which we were, which we are going to begin to do, uh, because they're out in, in, in Bulgaria. The gospel is crystal clear. Here, maybe not so much. Uh, we have just the blatant gospel from Scripture sticks out uh, in a way that uh, makes Bulgaria a ripe ground for it to be heard, uh, for Jesus to be known. Um, what is over there uh, in Bulgaria is. Predominantly is orthodoxy, uh, and within orthodoxy you have it's very it's like hyper Catholicism, uh, praying to icons, um, not no gospel teaching thereof, just kind of teaching uh, around the gospel without orbiting around the gospel without ever actually landing on it, um, and so. What you have is a culture whose, um, I, somebody told me while we were over there, is that the parents don't hug the kids very much. I mean, you have those families, and you see it within the very loving families. But, uh, and so when you tell them something like, Jesus actually has love for them, uh, 
they laugh. When I shared the gospel with uh, the kids uh, in my group, uh, one of the kids, two of the kids laughed. They didn't believe that that was possible. Uh, that you could have a personal relationship with God and that Jesus is God. Uh, that was completely foreign to them. Um, some, some of them not so much. A few, uh, two, th- uh, three of the kids in my group uh, were actually Christians. Uh, one of them was an outspoken Christian who needed uh, just a little boost uh, to be open with his faith. Others, uh, not just, excuse me, not just in my group, but within all the all the campers that came um, to, to show their faith was something they've never thought of doing. It was so personal to them. Uh, and they were so scared to share it that they didn't. And even when we talked about uh, things, things about faith, when it, the conversation moved to, to Jesus, to the gospel, uh, they would kind of like, try to hide in plain sight uh, and sit just perfectly still and just be kind of cringing. And there's something about that that, uh, that shows the power of what we believe in because... Muhammad, Krishna, Buddha, Jesus. There's something controversial about that name. There's something that, uh, I don't know, the creator of our hearts makes a blip on the radar when we say his name, I think. Uh, Because Jesus confronts us with everything that we are. And we ran into that a little bit. Uh, If you have any pictures, I'll just walk you through those. Uh, Yeah, this was was most of the uh, campers. This isn't all of them. But this was a picture. We had the basement. We had the basement of the hotel, and um, and and that this is where we used to have a lot of our group meetings when we weren't out and about in the community. Uh, we can go to the next one. I don't have very many. Just a few. This was, oh, that's very dark. Uh, this was my group. Um, who is Lucy's friend's name? Uh, that she danced with, Patane. Petia, uh, Petia in the in the far, in the far left. Uh, she was one of the students who ended up meeting Jesus within this, and so way to go, Jesus, for that. Uh, uh, below me, thank you. Below me, uh, little the boy kneeling down. That's Plumin. Uh, when we shared the when uh, when I took my group uh, one day when we went out into the community, we found us. I just told them I wanted to talk to them for about twenty minutes. Never listen to somebody who's, like, who's a Christian who's going to say it's just going to be a certain amount of time. We talked for an hour and a half. Um, asking questions. A lot of them were really uncomfortable, which is good to see, because that means what we're talking about is true, maybe. Uh, Plumman went from being very quiet. Uh, I put my arm around him the second day, just like, hey, brother, what's up? Good morning. And he jumped out of his skin. Like, touch for him was something like, but uh, <laughs> made him cringe. And um, after we shared the gospel, something happened. He was coming up to me and hugging me, uh, putting his arm around me. He was asking me questions about, just, we all have questions. We all had questions when we were coming into this. We come here hoping this is true and that it works. And, um, and as Jesus, everything he said, he, what, what's the deal? We come here investigating Christianity. And... Uh, he was one of those, and he started asking questions immediately. He was asking questions about war and how that relates to Christianity. 
um, uh, why would God allow this to happen kind of questions. Some of the questions that you have. Uh, the 70 foot guy standing next to me, he was an inch taller than Sean. So if you see Sean, that's, he was an inch taller than him. Uh, Nikolai. He was all boy. He wasn't very interested in what we were teaching, but at the end of the week, he did say that he went from believing in no God to believing that there is a God. He just doesn't know who he is. So that's something. Uh, the boy that he, in, in the white shirt with the writing on it with the glasses next to him, that's Timote. We say that as Timothy here. Uh, Timothy was my right-hand man. Timothy uh, was a believer. He, after we shared the gospel, he opened up, even being a believer, all the more. Uh, about certain things. Lucy, who's on his shoulder, uh, she was already a believer. She was, she kept it on the down low, though. She didn't, uh, and she opened up in personal situations when it was, when the rest of the group was over here, and we could have, not private conversations, but and conversations that only we could hear. And, and uh, Laura, she came near the end of the trip and just kind of joined our group. Her parents are missionaries. You can go to the next photo, please. But yeah, I went to this group thinking that, hoping that we would connect with the kids there. I never thought I'd fall in love with them, though. And now I miss them. Those little jerks made me fall in love with them. Um, uh, that's Jordan. He works with Kremi and Adriana back at Crew. He was a wonderful guy, wonderful family. That's Tim, Tim, Timote's dad. Uh, and in the middle is Victoria. She has a wonderful... Uh, I'll just take 30 seconds for her. She had... Uh, she. She fell in love with Jesus within the year that before she came to this camp. Uh, and she had to go to church in private. If her mother found out, I'll never forget. Sean came to me. We got done with doing something. He came to the room and got me and said, hey, we have someone we need to talk to. Uh, she went up to Sean, told, her, told him his story. We talked to her. We prayed for her. Her mother... Uh, is a part of this orthodoxy uh, church. They don't talk about Jesus. They don't read the Bible. They don't have any kind of saving faith. Uh, they're counting on their religious performance. Maybe that's some of you. That was me. Uh, and so when she came to Christ, and it's important for you to know that they look at Christians over there the same way we might look at a Jehovah's Witness or a Mormon here. It's a cult. That they believe the true church is a cult, is what the orthodoxy uh, implies and maybe even professes. And so she had to sneak to church. She had to hide files on her phone uh, of her Christian music. Uh, she had to hide her Bible, she had to, because she, she would get in severe trouble, uh, a scorning from her mother, actually, if, she, if her parents, if her mother found any kind of Christian-related anything in her possession. And once her, her mother found out that she was coming to this camp, which was sponsored by a Christian organization, uh, she couldn't go, and it took a lot of prayer from people who knew her to get her there. And we received a message when she got back from the camp that her mother was actually beginning to become interested in Christian things. So, way to go, Jesus, again. Uh, next one. 
This is in uh, Nessebar. Uh, this was a surprise trip. I was soaking wet from a water park. We took everybody, went, <laughs> we took everybody to, and this was fun. Uh, that, uh, on the right, that's Draghi, and uh, the man in the middle, that's Alexander, there in Columbus, doing the same thing here that uh, Adriana and Kremi are doing. They came with them. Uh, Nessebar, uh, Lily, yeah, sorry, Lily, uh, Lily had a wonderful story, too. Uh, that was a fun day. All right, you can go to the next one. Oh, the girl I was just talking about, Victoria, with the curly hair. She's in England right now uh, attending, attending art school, and this is just some of her work. Uh, we tend to... What we care about most... We don't draw things we don't care about. And so for her to have a notebook full of this stuff was kind of convicting for me and beautiful to see and made me extremely thankful for her passion. And next slide and then we'll wrap this up. If there is a next slide. They have an energy drink there. I was walking one day and then I'll wrap... <laughs> called hell. And that's pretty much what we're all drinking. <laughs> but the good news is that Jesus drank our cup for us. That we wouldn't have to. And he dealt with all the... He took on the hell that we deserved. And so I saw that and it was... And they don't know. <laughs> and so we need to tell them there's no place that you are that isn't a mission field. And just to clarify, God's message has always been his mission. You were saved. God called you onto himself when we told you the gospel. That's what Second Thessalonians 2.14 says. That's how you were saved. God in his message drawed your heart to himself. The gospel is God making people for God. Remaking people for God through his message, through the life, death, and resurrection of his son. That's what we were over there doing. And we got to see a little bit of that happen, and we're very thankful to God. Well, that's fantastic. I'm, I'm pretty stoked just hearing all of the, um, all, the, all the different things that you've kind of primed us for. So I'm going to ask Kremi and um, Andriana, if you guys would just come on up. And um, probably just stand at the podium. And, well, you know what? It might be easier if you guys want to. If you'd rather not do that, we have mics. What, 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 do you have a preference? Yeah, yeah, okay. Right. Let me make sure that these are on. There we go. You might have to press the button. No. Do you hear me? Yeah. Yep, we hear you. Do you hear me? <laughs> there we go. Okay. Uh, thank you so much for this uh, privilege. Uh, to be here with you and to share about what God is doing in Bulgaria, in Macedonia as well. Uh, and I think Sean and Rich gave a really good introduction to, to the environment that we work in. Um, 
being on the topic of uh, before we introduce each other and uh, say more about our work um, on the topic of speak out we really loved having Sean and Rich uh, join us and serve alongside us and they did a great job uh, they served those campers those students who didn't know God but they also served us uh, the workers there and our students were believers so we really appreciated them uh, and you are welcome also to come uh, to that project. The only thing that's required is to be a believer, to speak English, which all of you, I think, do, <laughs> uh, and to want to serve God there. So uh, we do it, we hope to do it every summer. This one was the first, so it was very important. And uh, something that's encouraging from that camp uh, is that uh, so the staff and student believers, we, we had a different job there. We were going on the beach to share the gospel with people who were vacationing. Uh, and we were able for that one week to share the gospel with 303 people. And uh, four of them prayed to receive Jesus. I was, uh, had the privilege to witness one of them. So that's another thing that was very encouraging from that camp. Um, okay, so we would like to share what's going on during the year. So this happens in the summer, but during the year is our most busy time with students. And uh, first, I would like to, to say that um, I was here three years ago, and the first time I was in the States, and it was um, like one of the last dates uh, one of the last days in the States and God brought me here and it was really special for me because um, back then I was serving in Macedonia where Andriana is from and um, I am from Bulgaria and I became a believer as a student in Sofia and back then there wasn't any team working in Sofia among the about 90,000 students and um, when I was here, I, I would share about my ministry in Macedonia. But this church got really interested in the mission in Bulgaria. And you had a lot of questions, and we prayed for Bulgaria. And that really, I don't know, touched my heart and gave me a special feeling. And now we have really good news. Uh, for those three years, God has done more than what I could imagine, uh, and he gave us a team uh, from Macedonia. Macedonia started a partnership with Bulgaria, and it's the first time for the country of Macedonia to be sending missionaries. I mean about crew, our organization, to be sending missionaries uh, to uh, another country. And... Um, so now it's been two years that we have a team, and this will be our third year. Andriana is an answer of our prayers. Uh, and, yeah, we prayed, um, you know, this verse that the harvest is plentiful, but the la laborers are few. Uh, and prayed to the God of the harvest to bring la laborers to his harvest. And we prayed specifically with that verse for Sophia. And God really gave us laborers. Um, could we show the slide with the map of Bulgaria and Macedonia? So uh, you can see Bulgaria by the, by the Black Sea. Uh, our border to the south is Greece and Turkey, and to the west is Macedonia. So Macedonia decided to 
to go to their summarium. Uh, and another slide with like our team, I would like to show you our team. Okay, so this is my team. And this year we have a new member, we'll show you later. Uh, but it's um, starting from the, your right. Is Lile, Draghi, Andriana, Alexander, and me. They're all Macedonian. I'm minority in my, <laughs> in my team. I'm the only Bulgarian. Uh, and I would like to give Andriana the opportunity to share how she became a believer and how God called her to Bulgaria shortly to, to tell you. So uh, I'm Andriana uh, and I'm from Macedonia, uh, as Kremi said. So um, uh, how I became a believer, I will tell in a short sentence. Um, first, I came from Orthodox family, uh, but traditional family. Why traditional? <laughs> because we never talked about God and we never read the Bible. Uh, we go to the, uh, to the church only for holidays like Christmas or Easter. And my life um, before to meet God was focused on my career and, on my, and to have a success in my career. And the career... The career was very important for me. I, I did everything to, to, to have a success. And one day when I went to Skopje, so Skopje is the capital city of Macedonia, I went to study um, law. So uh, my first year was very hard and I couldn't pass my exams. Or even if, if I passed, it was like very low, with the low grades, and I was very unhappy about that because I want to have a success, and I, I want to have um, a great, um, a very uh, good grades, but it, mm, it, it wasn't like that, and I had one roommate, uh, she was Christian, and she was reading a Bible, and I asked her, uh, can you can you give me a Bible? Why you read a Bible? And she said, yes, I can give you. And she gave me a Bible. And because I had a lot of, a lot of questions like, what's the purpose of this life? Uh, why God created us? And I wanted to know that. And she girl couldn't answer on that. And then she decided to meet me with one girl from crew in Macedonia. And I went on a meeting with that, with that girl, uh, her name is Gabby, and that girl shared the gospel with me. So it was the first time when I heard that Jesus Christ died for me, for my sins. And after that, I was thinking a lot of about that, and I will continue to read the Bible. So one day when I... Um, understand that Jesus, that, that, that I need to do something, I need to do repentance, and I, I decide to pray and to accept Jesus like my Savior, and like my God. So I met Jesus, and I'm very happy about that. And something that I learned about that is that, about Jesus, is that 
you know, you to have a family, to have a job, to have a, I don't know, a great, great career, it's important. Yeah, that's, it's important here. But the most important is you to have a relationship with God, you to know Jesus. So I'm very thankful, thankful that I know that. And I have now a relationship with God, and I'm very happy about that. Um, and... Yeah, I learned that I I graduated, I I I got my master's degree, so I finished my school. I'm thankful to God about that. And yes, uh, one day crew um, challenged me to go in Sofia, Bulgaria, and I say I want to go there. Why I want to go there? Because crew helped me. Uh, first, they they told me about Jesus. Second, they help me I, I to grow spiritually. And I want to, the students to help them to grow spiritually, to help them to know Jesus. So for me, that's very important. And I want to do that. So that's the reason why I want to go in Sofia and to serve there. Yeah. So I was the first, one of the first missionaries that were sent in Sofia. Um. Uh, all of our team except for Lile, the, the woman on the right, she became a believer through a, through a church in Macedonia, but the rest of us became believers as students through this ministry. And so we've really experienced life change. I myself am coming from a Muslim family. Uh, Bulgaria has 13% Muslim population because we were under the Ottoman Empire and uh, we were made... Muslim uh, back in the time, but people are not, they're quite nominal, they're not very passionate about Islam, so um, it's not like very hard Muslim environment, but I came from that environment and American girl working with crew shared the gospel with me at an English club, like what we do in the summer, but during the year. And my life really changed, uh, so I also wanted to see people uh, have the opportunity to know God and to grow in Him. So that's our goal in Sofia, is to first reach the students with the gospel. We really want to share the gospel boldly and clearly, because only 1% of the population in Bulgaria are believers, about 1%. So people don't hear the gospel very often. Uh, like the students that they shared with, we know, even though they didn't pray to receive Jesus, we know God is working in their lives because they uh, have an opportunity that many Bulgarian students don't to hang out with believers, to hear their stories. Um, so yeah, that's our first goal is to reach students with the gospel and we do different seminars, trainings, personal meetings, we go on campus to just share. We do anything to meet students and to share the good news with them. And some respond, and after they do, our goal is to disciple them, to teach them, you know, how to read the Bible, how to pray, uh, to teach them about the importance of church, of baptism, and very important, how to them, how they can share the faith, their faith so that the gospel goes forward. 
And uh, our third goal is to send them. We call this win, build, send. And to send them doesn't necessarily mean to send them somewhere else, but uh, to give them the vision that they're God's ambassadors and God wants them to be sharing their faith with whoever he puts uh, around them. So they're sent for God to share their faith. Um, do we have time for a story? Okay. Uh, can we go to... So this is the camp. There is a picture of our team plus a picture of a girl. Okay. So uh, we are very encouraged because we have our first Bulgarian, like second Bulgarian, but <laughs> uh, joining our team. Uh, God gave us a girl this, this year. Uh, her name is Elena. Uh, the girl with the rose, um, and she became a believer in November or December? Uh, December. Yeah, December. Yes, and uh, her story shows how God can really use us together, and He uses us together. Her story started in the States, in Alaska. She was a student last summer, and she came to Alaska to work. Uh, their, their student program, students come and work just for the summer and then they go back to Bulgaria. So she was in Alaska and she met believers there. She met many different believers. God's hand was really obvious in her story. Uh, and those believers really shared the gospel with her and invited her to church. She went to church in Alaska and she really liked like what the pastor shared so she talked to him and he gave her a bible and challenged her he told her please make space for God in your life and coming from Bulgaria and as the guys shared people are very suspicious of Christians like of believers they think it's a code they think it's not cool you know young people uh, and so she had this kind of prejudice uh, but meeting those people she, her walls started coming down and she decided to really make space for God and to give him a chance so she started reading the Bible and, uh, and she came back to Bulgaria. Uh, and only like a few weeks after she was back, she met us. She came to one of our outreaches. We did a sign language course. She came to that. And at the end of that, we told her one of the things we do is Bible study for students. And she got really excited. She's like, whoa, I'm reading the Bible. I really want to come. And other students got excited because... Like they thought this is something cool because she was so excited. Uh, so she started coming and uh, only one week after the, the first Bible study, uh, her mom took her on vacation to Israel. So she got to experience some of the places she was reading about. And um, in December, she, she was convinced that Jesus was God and she prayed to receive Jesus. Um, only a week after she became a believer, she shared the gospel with the Bible study group of students who were non-believers. So she was a very new believer when she shared her faith for the first time. And that's a picture from her birthday when she did that. And we gave her the opportunity in the second semester to lead the Bible study, to be discipled. She started growing really fast and sharing her faith a lot. She got baptized uh, recently, a few months ago. 
and she graduated. So we invited her to join our team because we saw God was really working in her life. And um, it seemed like she had many other opportunities, uh, job offers. Uh, and I thought that she wasn't going to accept being a missionary because she's a new believer and that's something very different than other jobs in Bulgaria. Uh, but she went to London for training and there she met a Bulgarian woman in London, in England, and she uh, led that woman in prayer to receive Jesus. So God really used that to confirm that he wants her in ministry. So she's going to serve with us. She's actually already started. She's in Bulgaria. And it's just a story of how God is working. It's, uh, it's not the typical one. This one is really fast. We usually don't see people growing so quickly. But it's something that God gave us as a big blessing. So now we have more people on our team. Um, and, okay, we're... Uh, we are running late. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, we would like to tell you that uh, there is a way you can help from here. And from here you can participate in, in this, in what God is doing. Uh, because uh, in order to do full-time ministry, uh, each staff, which crew staff, needs a team of ministry partners. Yes, and each ministry partner help us uh, with prayer and financially. So uh, about the prayer part, uh, for us it's very important our ministry partner to pray for us, for our ministry, for our team. And because of this, of that, we were sent our prayer letters each six to eight weeks. Um, about the um, financially part, each of us, of you, <laughs> can decide if you can uh, uh, support us uh, like commissioners. And uh, yes, um, we uh, will, um, Sean, could you uh, pass a list? So that list is with names and email and phone number and if you would like to receive our ministry updates please sign up uh, or if you would like to be our ministry partners um, just also sign up and we'll contact you and ask what exactly do you want to receive our ministry updates or you also want to support us financially even if you can't we do need people who will be praying for our ministry and we already have some from here which we really appreciate but yeah if you sign up we can contact you uh, and tell you more about this yes and if you have any question you can ask us we will be here yeah yeah, and we're here for, for a while, and we would love to meet with you guys and get to know you. Uh, if you have free time, feel, feel free to talk to us. We'd love that. As we, um, I, I got a mic. I'm good. As we kind of wind it down, uh, we're running a little bit over time, so what we're going to do is we're going we're gonna to have communion here in just a minute, uh, and then we're going to probably close in prayer. Uh, so we're going to modify our service a little bit. Uh, I just want to say a couple of things. Um, I, I've always been a fan of Bill Bright and Campus Crusade for Christ, uh, and also Charles Colson, who uh, has been pretty formative in my own life. When Kermity uh, was, um, was introduced to you three years ago, uh, it was because a friend of a friend had 
had uh, said that there's a young lady who has a vision for a campus crusade for Bulgaria. And uh, when, when Campus Crusade was brought into the equation, I, I was immediately interested because it lended some credibility. What I've seen from that point is Kremi has gone from a person who is called to be an, uh, basically an evangelist to Bulgarians to developing uh, a ministry strategy and a team, uh, you've gone from basically yourself to really expanding this out in the span of three years, which is incredible. Uh, the other thing that I want to mention <clears throat> is the fact that Bulgaria, as we all know, is, um, is, is, is a post-Soviet Union, post-the-wall uh, country that has a spiritual vacuum going right now where <clears throat> no one... <clears throat> Her age really is familiar with the gospel. And it's a strategic moment for the word to get out to these young lives. If we don't enable this process, other things will come and fill that void. Um, God's doing remarkable things in both of your lives as a result of that need, that window of opportunity, and the hunger that both of you had for the Lord and how uh, God placed people in your path who could offer the gospel, the good news, and you could develop that relationship with Christ. You're the fruit of that effort. The problem is there are not enough people doing what you do in order to address the needs of the people that are hurting, that are searching, that based on the testimony you shared, Andriana, who are longing for something, but they're not sure even what it is. And all of that is there and more. And so when, um, when we, we invited Kremi back, it is fantastic to see the development that's happening. But it's also placed a sense of urgency on how it is that we can engage your ministry and enable it however it is that God leads us. Um, so they're going to ask some of you to support them. And I, 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 I would encourage you uh, to pray about it. Uh, because the need is real, uh, the opportunity is very critical, and people are receptive, and God's doing things. Um, so with that said, I'm going to close in prayer for you guys. You guys, um, um, what, what I'd recommend for starters is at the end of the service, just meet everybody out there. I'll have you go to the back. And if you want to chat with them, feel free. Uh, and uh, like uh, Kremi shared, they'll be here for, um, uh, for, for a few weeks. And okay, so it give us uh, plenty of opportunity to set up um, uh, conversations. I know some of the small groups uh, have had you uh, as guests, and that's been very enlightening. Um, so it is a it is kind of a moment that <clears throat> I think we've allocated time for this, um, and it's uh, it's a critical thing that I think God's doing, and we have to pay attention to. So. Um, what I'd like to do is I'm going to pray for them and then we're going to go right into communion and then we'll close out our service after that. Father, thank you for giving us um, uh, workers under the harvest that Bill Bright have prayed for, that um, Charles Colson have prayed for, that churches have seen the opportunity in Bulgaria. Myself, knowing uh, a few people named Stoyan and Nikolai, knowing the spiritual vacuum that was in their lives. I feel the burden of, their, um, of the need that's there, and I'm so gratified to see uh, the servants that you've raised up. So I pray that you bless Kremi and Andriana as they seek to do your will, 
as they seek a partnership with those in the states who have the resources to help, and as uh, Sean and Rich and others help to uh, tend to the vision that um, uh, is kept alive in the hearts of your people here. So just bless us in this conversation. Bless them as they do the work that they're called to do. And help us, Lord, to see your will regarding how it is that you want to use us. And so we just offer this time to you with grateful hearts, knowing that um, uh, when Jesus is proclaimed and lives uh, are ignited for him, uh, that it brings a, a huge smile upon your face and it brings glory to your name. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.